Welcome to Foundational You with Dr. Dean Hackett, the home of biblical teaching and cultural impact. We are so glad that you joined us for today's podcast. You can find out more about Dr. Dean, read his blog, and find more episodes at fdeanhackett.com. Now for today's episode. Jesus Christ, lunatic or liar, prophet or political activist, a religious leader, or was he the divine Son of God? The book of Hebrews, chapter 1, says that Jesus Christ was superior to the angels, and that he was given a name superior to the angels. And the reason is because he created the angels. Paul, writing in the book of Colossians, chapter 2, verses 8 and 9, said, For in him dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily, and we are complete in him who is the head of all principality and power. He's the head of all principality and power. Jesus Christ himself said, All authority has been given to me in heaven and in earth. One day the religious leaders of Israel came to Jesus and said, Are you saying that you are greater than our father Abraham, who gave us this covenant? And Jesus Christ's answer to them was, Before Abraham was, I am. Jesus was making two points when he gave that answer. <clears throat> One was, I existed before Abraham, and indeed he did. Jesus Christ pre-existed the virgin birth because he's God. But he was also saying to them, I am the very one who spoke to Moses out of the burning bush. And when Moses asked, when I go to the children of Israel in Egypt, and they ask me, who sent you? Who do I tell them sent me? And God's answer was, I am that I am. And so Jesus Christ, when he was saying to those religious leaders before Abraham was, I am, he was saying to them, I not only am greater than your father Abraham, I am the very one that spoke to Moses out of the burning bush. I am that I am. He indeed is divine son of God. Well, that being the case, why did he have to die? What is this all about Jesus Christ being crucified and dying on the cross? <clears throat> well, there are some religions that teach Jesus Christ didn't really die. The Muslim religion teaches that either Judas Iscariot was the substitute that died in his place, or Jesus Christ somehow escaped the crucifixion, wasn't really crucified, someone else was crucified, or that whole story is just that, a story, but it didn't really happen. <clears throat> the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints teaches that, well, yes, Jesus Christ died on the cross, but it was not efficacious for us. His blood on the cross has no power to redeem us or to cleanse our heart from sin. <clears throat> and you're, as you study other world religions, they're going to have various stories about Jesus Christ's death but the fact that it was meaningless. 
And then humanists and Gnostics teach that Jesus Christ died because he was a political activist and he was becoming uh, too confrontational to, to, to Rome and the, and the Roman leadership and, and that they, they had to take care of him and deal with him because uh, he was becoming too powerful and there were too many people following him and so they, they had to execute him because of what he did. <clears throat> but listen, Scripture makes it really clear to us that the death of Jesus Christ on the cross was far more than what humanists, Gnostics, or other world religions say, that his death on the cross had far greater significance for you and for me. And it is so important for your life that you understand Jesus Christ was indeed God in the flesh, 100% man, but 100% God. And that his death carries great significance for you and your life and for your family and your friends and everyone that you may know. What is that significance? Well, to understand it, we have to have a little understanding going all the way back to the beginning of Jesus' life. When Jesus was conceived by the Holy Spirit in the womb of the Virgin Mary, it was fulfilling what God had promised way back in the Garden of Eden when he spoke to the serpent and to Adam and Eve. It's recorded for us in Genesis chapter 3, verse 15, when Jesus said that the seed of woman would come and Lucifer would bruise his heel, but the seed of woman would crush his head. <clears throat> Jesus, referring to the seed of woman, was saying, there's going to come a man who will be born of woman, but he will not have human seed in him. There will not be a, a human conception. It will be a divine conception. And the whole reason is because in Scripture it's made very clear. The iniquities of the Father are passed down to the third and fourth generation. So if a man had conceived Jesus in Mary's womb, that man would have passed down the iniquity, the human iniquity. Scripture tells us that we are conceived in sin. Scripture tells us that, that uh, all we like sheep have gone astray, astray. Scripture tells us that there is none righteous, no, not even one. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. <clears throat> when we are born, we're born with a sin nature. But because Jesus Christ was conceived by the Holy Spirit, as the, the angel Gabriel said to Mary, when she said, how can this be? When he said, you're going to have a son. She said, I, 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 I'm, I'm a virgin. I've never known a man. How can this be? And the angel said that, the Holy Spirit will overshadow you and the power of the Most High will come upon you and you will conceive. Because of that, Jesus Christ was sinless. He had no sin nature. He was tempted in every way that you and I are tempted, but without sin. And that is very significant to you and to me. When he was born, he was born not in Nazareth, the hometown of Mary and Joseph, he was born in Bethlehem. Beth, 
house of, lehem, bread. Jesus Christ was born in the house of bread. And he's called the bread of life. The manna come down from heaven. The bread of life was born in the house of bread. Coincidence? I don't think so. He was born in a stable in a field. There was no room in the uh, bed and breakfast. There, were no, there was no room uh, in the hostels. There was no, no room in a hotel. The only place available, Mary and Joseph, had to go just outside the community of Bethlehem to a stable in the fields of Migdal Eder. It was a stable specifically for sheep because the animals raised in the fields of Migdal Eder were sheep, sheep that were being raised for Passover. There were special regulations regarding raising sheep for sacrifice at Passover. Passover, that wonderful, miraculous night that the children of Israel were delivered from Egyptian slavery, that everyone that, that, that sacrificed a spotless lamb, that the blood uh, in the butchering of the lamb, the blood was, was preserved and painted on the doorpost. And because of the blood of the lamb on their doorpost, the death angel would pass over them and there'd be no death in the homes of those that had the blood of the lamb. And then God commanded that for millennia that and forever that Passover would be remembered and would be celebrated. And sheep were sacrificed at Passover. And those sheep had to be had to be spotless sheep. They had to be without blemish. And so for seven days those sheep were examined to make sure that they were spotless and without blemish. And those that were spotless and without blemish would be sacrificed on Passover. Those were the sheep being raised in the fields of Migdaletter, where that stable was located, where Jesus was born that night in a stable, a stable specifically for sheep, sheep that were specifically raised for Passover. And the first human eyes that saw Jesus other than Mary and Joseph, were the shepherds of those Passover sheep, shepherds that were specially trained to raise Passover sheep. They were the first to come and see Jesus. Jesus, born in the house of bread, the bread of life, born in the house of bread. Fast forward 33 years. John the Baptist saw Jesus one day and pointed to him and said, Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Jesus, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world, was born in a sheep stable. But not only that, the day that Jesus Christ was hanging on the cross in the temple, they were sacrificing Passover sheep because Jesus was crucified on Passover. And so while Jesus is hanging on the cross at that same time in, on the Temple Mount, in the temple, Passover sheep were being sacrificed. Jesus Christ, the Lamb of God, 
born in a sheep stable, in the fields where Passover sheep were raised. The first people that saw Jesus, other than his parents, were shepherds that raised Passover sheep. And now on Passover, he is being sacrificed on the cross. What's the significance of Jesus Christ's death for you and for me? The scripture says, without the shedding of blood, there's no remission of sin. But it also says that for everyone that receives Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, it says that, uh, that we are redeemed by his blood. In whom we have redemption through his blood, Jesus Christ's blood, and whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his grace. That's Ephesians chapter 1, verse 7. Jesus Christ's death on the cross, the blood that he spilled, was the blood that can redeem us. It also says in Hebrews chapter 9, his blood can purge our conscience from works of death, from works that will kill us. The wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. By his blood, our conscience is purged. Oh, Jesus Christ's death on the cross has great significance to you and to me. The prophet Isaiah talked about Jesus and said, you know, there's, no, there's nothing about him that would attract you to him. There's no beauty in him that would make us be attracted to him. He was a man of sorrow, acquainted with grief. And then he also said he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquity. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. And by his stripes, by his flogging, we were healed. All we like sheep have gone astray. We've turned everyone to our own way. And the Lord has laid upon him the iniquity of us all. When Jesus Christ was hanging on that cross, God took your sin, everything you've ever done wrong, my sin, everything I've ever done wrong, and he put it on Jesus Christ because the wages of sin is death. Jesus Christ died in our place. And when the Roman soldier pierced his side with the spear and out came blood and water, that blood, that, that spilling of that blood the blood that, that poured out of his wrists and out of his feet when he was nailed to the cross, that blood, that blood is the blood that purges our conscience, that purchases our redemption. And the writer of Hebrews says that he has put that blood on the eternal mercy seat of heaven so that we have eternal redemption. Oh yes, Jesus Christ is the divine Son of God, and His death carries great significance for you. And if you have heard
heard this before but never given your life to Jesus Christ or maybe you're listening to this for the very first time, I want to urge you, humble yourself to the Lord Jesus Christ and say, Jesus, I believe in you and I'm asking you to forgive me of everything I've ever done wrong and would you wash my heart pure and clean, Jesus, because I believe your death was sacrificed for my redemption. God bless you. Thank you for joining me today as we are preparing for Holy Week, celebrating the resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ. God bless you. Thank you for joining us today. This Christ-centered biblical training is a ministry of Spirit Life Ministries. We hope that you are blessed by this podcast and share it with your friends and colleagues. For more information or questions for Dr. Dean, please contact us at the website fdeanhackett.com.